Yo, what's good? It's your boy, SB4706. This is the Report, unofficial official podcast of Falcons Twitter. We have Jalen Robin and uh, Josh, JJ22, fucking candy corn. I don't know what's going on with that, but what's good, y'all? Had, no candy corn slander. Candy corn is great. Exactly. I had some today. People that eat candy corn do not vaccinate their children, so... So there's no, been a lot yeah. going on. Okay. My, my son is right. vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So there's been a lot going on at the Falcons Twitter per usual. It's the, the anarchy has been as wild as it has been usually, but it's it's kind of calmed down. And we all know that uh we talked about last week potential trade season for the Falcons and being sellers in uh, before the trade deadline. And we we briefly spoke about them potentially dealing names like uh Dick Beasley, Muhammad Sanu, and Austin Hooper, which people were extremely mad at me for even suggesting something like that would happen with Hooper. But the only person so far that has been moved was Muhammad Sanu. Uh, just want to get y'all's quick takes on that. Josh, you can go first. Okay. Um, from a business standpoint, um, I understood it. Um I mean, the the more shocking part about it was when I read about it and we got a second round pick for it. I felt like that that was extremely high for Sanu. Um, but I mean I we'll take it. Um hopefully the the new GM use it properly, but um with the Sanu trade in general, um I it, it worked out for both parties and you rarely find that in the NFL nowadays. So I, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, he looks real happy in New England. I'm like he looks extremely comfortable. He's getting a lot of attention. Allegedly Tom Brady offered him the number twelve which I think was a bit of lip service because we know he was not giving up that number. Right. But I, I think that's cool that uh, they, they seem to already have a, a good relationship. He's already speaking in the Patriots coach speak or player speak of, you know, just do your job. And, I mean, that mantra seems to have uh, six championships with Tom Brady. So I, I guess that type of uh, mantras work better than uh, the brotherhood and all the nonsense that we get over in Atlanta. So, uh, Jalen, what are your thoughts? Oh, uh, as we saw her last week, I was expecting him to get like a fifth or a sixth round pick for Sanu. If I had to think out a second, kind of, you know, I woke up like I woke up at like nine that morning and saw that, and I literally couldn't go back to sleep because I was so in shock. I was like, "Are you?" I was like, "Either some something going on, or Thomas Dimitrov called in a favor, or some shit like that." Because that there was no way in hell any other team was giving up a second for Muhammad Sanu. Yep. And then it, well, then it I, came out later on that, you know, Josh Gordon was going on IR and they were cutting like another receiver. So it kind of made sense, but Jesus. But still, I was confused, like, because I know they were discussing during the draft this year, they were offering, I guess, the 49ers of Patriots trying to offer picks for Sanu. If they gave us a second now, I wonder what they were offering before that. You know what I'm saying? It probably definitely would have been less because, like, uh-huh. I, I doubt it would have been like I don't think they would have given up a second if we were, if they would have traded him at the draft last year. I don't think right. they just I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I guess it kind of worked out. Uh, one of the things that I saw on Twitter that again I I don't think is true because I don't think the Falcons have been this savvy uh, making moves because again a lot of people were surprised at this one, but allegedly uh, the Falcons organization is saying whether they were winning or whether they were one and six like we are now, they still would have traded Sanu. And I 100% do not believe that. Well, that's absolutely cap. Like, yeah. Come yeah. on now. You know that's damn why, well what's going on here. Yeah. We're, we're, we're tanking, basically. And that's why I felt like they didn't trade them at the, at, around the draft because they wanted to see how the season was going to pan out. And since we're at one and six like we are now, they just like, okay, season over. Let's start building for the future. So, Ship off yeah, and again, we we you know we had a net positive for that second round pick is is interesting. Uh, Von McClure tweeted out the Falcons' last six second round picks included cornerback Isaiah Oliver, who is getting flamed right now, Deion Jones, Jalen Collins, Rashid Hageman, Robert Alford, Peter Kahn's. So it's it seems like it's about maybe fifty percent. Yeah, fifty fifty. I'm hitting on that and. At the end of the day, it's better that we had the chance to, to fail potentially by having the opportunity to make that pick and not having it at all. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So that, that that's interesting. And again, if we have a different front office making those decisions, maybe we'll maybe have a 60% chance of hitting on that pick. So I mean, hitting um, 50% on any draft pick is pretty damn good because most teams don't hit anywhere near that. The draft is a complete fucking crapshoot. If, yeah. if you hit above like 45%, then I think you're doing a damn good job. Well, it's okay. like so hard to, to, to determine. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six. Story still on Oliver, so we like he's failed. DeAndre, Jalen, all solid. Uh, Robert Alfred was on So we are I'm really excited for the offseason, even though we have kind of dredge through the rest of the schedule to get to that point because it's it's not going to be pretty Falcons fans. Like, I know some people are optimistic, like uh, your boy Steve, uh, the, the barber man out there, and he was like, oh, you know, when the Falcons go 10-6 and run the tables and we, and we retain Dan Quinn, I said, hashtag blocked. We're not here for that. <laughs> not here for that. I don't care if he wins every game the rest of the season we make to the playoffs. Like I said, get them out of here. There bro. are three circumstances this season that will make me oh. completely renounce my Falcon fandom. <laughs> <laughs> and that is one of them. Okay, mm. so 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 hypothetically speaking, what if they went out ten and six, run the table, and win the Super Bowl? Fire. <laughs> I'm still firing them because <laughs> that just means somebody got it. Somebody either so you got extremely lucky and that is not sustainable, or everybody on the everybody in the league just died. Like, because there ain't no way this team is doing anything like that. I mean, maybe on PlayStation that that's possible, but in real life, I don't even think that's possible on PlayStation because after you hit one and six on a, a Madden career boy, you would be yeah. lucky to make it at eleven. You would be lucky to make the wild card game. Exactly. <laughs> that that but is yeah, facts. This, but yeah, this this season is 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 really over, and I'm probably the most optimistic Falcons fan you would come across. But yeah, this season is over. Um, long as we don't sustain any major injuries to anybody. Yeah, that's that's the only thing we should look forward to. <laughs> well, the the thing with football, which is unfortunate, is it's not like the the NBA where you can have kind of a kind of load management with players because it would be unfair to say, hey, you know what? And I mean, life's not a fair place. I mean, fair is a place where they judge pigs, and again, people with different skill sets and talents get treated differently, and that's just is what it is. But it'd be kind of I don't think it'd be it'd be detrimental to the team's, uh, I guess, core and closeness if you were to say, hey, like, we're going to give uh, Julio Jones a lighter workload. We're just going to sit out these certain players while you have other players every game beating their heads in, knowing that they're not going to get anything out of it but a bunch of L's. Because most of these players probably will benefit from your regime change because a lot of these guys might not be here. So how are you going to ask me to go smash my head for 60 minutes against this other guy while this other star players, you know, kind of getting babied or – Put to the side. Well, you know, I'm sacrificing. It's not like the NBA where you kind of get away with that because I mean, there's not as much on the line physically. So it's it's one of those things where fans kind of want us to tank, but again, at the end of the day, these guys are grown men that are competitive. You know, they're they're the top of their the top cream of the crop of athletes out here, and they hate losing just as much as anybody else does. So. It's it's hard for them to have that mentality. Now, if it, it happens, it happens. But I don't I don't think they have the mindset where they want to you know tank for a top top pick like the fans would like us to do. I don't think any team in any sport like any the players don't tank like period like players, coaches, and like staff don't tank. Tanking comes from like the like much higher ups like GMs and stuff. But but yeah, I I agree with that. Like I, like I could say, like I don't know about them, but no matter what game I play, I'm I'm going 100 percent in. I'm trying to win every time. Right. I don't like losing. I don't think anybody, exactly. especially if you're going being a professional, is gonna like losing. So yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed, uh, I know Josh. He he. He's one of the people on Twitter that can kind of get get the conversation moving, whether he's trolling or not. But I've noticed that a lot of people on Twitter with the kind of the bigger followings kind of 
are shaping the narrative on things. And they just they just say wild stuff, man. Like, and I'm I'm at the point now I'm either muting a lot of people or blocking them. But like I'll give you a perfect example. This this character named Northside Juice at J Foster 05, he said Matt Ryan quit on the Falcons. He's oh, not that brother. On the other hand, they quit on him because he's trash. You can see it on the field. And Dan Quinn doesn't believe in Matt Ryan. I don't either. Don't kill the messenger. So I, I immediately muted that guy because he has no no <laughs> he's talking about. <laughs> my, my, to you guys listen to the Denver Nation report. Can can y'all please stop retweeting like nonsense hot takes? Can we can we stop doing that as a family? Can we just stop putting please. that stuff into the uh please you know, the atmosphere, the ecosystem? Like I don't need to see the same person's terrible take getting retweeted by thirty thousand people. Like acknowledge that it's trash personally, hit muter block and keep it moving. We don't need that. We don't need that. We have enough going on with this team, so yeah. Shout out to Twitter. But oh my god! Like just just thinking about that, like what possessed you to say some stupid shit like that? And, and that's not even the worst. That's not even the worst one I saw this week. I didn't even save the worst one because I was like, nah, bro, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, what what did you see as a person to for you to to come up with that type of theory that the team quit on him? I mean, they don't watch football, so I don't. I don't take them seriously. And I feel like for people that do like podcasts and blog, I feel like it's their, it's their responsibility to try to educate the fans as best as possible and not ride, you know, hot takes and waves for, you know, attention and retweets. Like try to have a dialogue. If you're going to say something, have something to kind of back it up. Like perfect example. I know Jalen, you know, I've been telling him this. I've been, I've been laying off my take or you know, whatever, but I'm just curious with the whole Austin Hooper thing, right? And people kind of take that the wrong way, but when they don't listen to the podcast or actually like get the context, they're kind of doing themselves a disservice by, you know, just immediately dismissing it. And I'm not out here saying that, then I'm not advocating the Falcons trade Austin Hooper. I was just like, well, there, there is a conversation as with anything to be had. Again, because a lot of the people, when we did a poll last week, valued Austin Hooper at a first round grade, which, not in my in my opinion, I think you'd be dumb not to have a conversation with anybody who was going to offer you a first round pick for him. Like that's just his business. Like it's cool that he's having a, a breakout year, but I mean we're we're one in six. Not that I'm saying it's his fault, but I can't really get hyped about one person's individual stats when we're we're losing. And I was gonna bring this up last week, which is gonna hurt a lot of people's feelings, but some of these stats are uh, being impiled in garbo time, and a lot of the Falcons fans like to get on to a quarterback in a team in our division for "quote unquote" stat padding. But uh, you know, got to keep that same energy. It's kind of kind of the same things going on with uh, some players here. Not to discount their skill or anything like that, but you know, I, I have a genuinely reasonable argument for my take with the the whole Hooper thing. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I mean, again, it's. It's something that if, if it were to be in the discussions, I think people would have to have a conversation about it. Because, again, I don't necessarily think DCs are losing sleep over Austin Hooper like they are over a Kelsey or a Kittles or whoever the other guys are. That's just that's just me. But Jalen wants me to bury this, so I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. But, you know, shout out to Austin Hooper. <laughs> Thank God. I'm, I'm sick of talking about it. I'm just, I mean, it is what it is. Like, we've, we've been talking about Austin Hooper for three weeks now. Well, because nothing else crazy has happened. It's noteworthy to talk about, except that how bad our defense is being coached or whatever. But that's that's a constant, so that's nothing new. But yeah. anyway, so with a lot of forthcoming changes with the Falcons, a, a lot of people now are on this wave of like you know, and they've been on this for a while, so trying to find the successor for Dan Quinn. Um, <clears throat> and there's three three names. One name's kind of cool now, like the Lincoln Riley crowd is kind of chilled out maybe because i muted all those people but uh right now the two hot names are jim harbaugh and uh oh, josh brother McDaniel, josh mcdaniel so we're gonna start no with, and no. yeah. okay so josh is already saying no <laughs> what, what would make you think that those two guys would be candidates for this uh falcons team uh 
just that Arthur Brink probably wants uh, for Harbaugh, it's probably just because Arthur wants a quote unquote uh, established head coach, and Harbaugh did have a little bit of success in San Fran. And for the, I don't know why. Only reason why I think he'd want Lincoln Riley is to just try something new. But everything else he's tried hasn't really been working out too well. Well, I, I said uh, Josh McDaniels too. Oh, 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 I don't know why they want, want him to be honest. Hmm. To be honest, like, it's, I... <laughs> because they feel like we can, we can basically do the same thing. He came Michigan, from the so. Patriots, <laughs> exactly, and they they think they assume that we can do the same thing when it doesn't work like that. <laughs> like, yeah, like you have Darth yeah, Sidious is, over there, then and then you can do stuff like that. But like, right. So, just sticking on Josh McDaniels, I posted on Twitter: Why do hashtag Falcons fans want Josh McDaniels? Uh, <clears throat> Broken Falcons fan at Dirty Birds underscore eleven said because he's a great office of mine and been successful for a long time under the Patriots. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the Patriots haven't been necessarily an offensive juggernaut, right? With, uh, they were, like, I think 2014, 2015, one of those years, they were really, really good. But besides that, they haven't really been, like, lighting up scoreboards. Yeah, so. the, kind of the stable of their team is their, their defense, correct? Like, that, that was the whole thing with Belichick and uh, yep. the people that he brought in. They, they do some great things back there. Um, and again, they also play in a, a terrible, a terrible division. They start the year off six and zero every year. Bro, that's, <laughs> yeah, every I'm not gonna lie. I wish I knew what that felt like. Like I kind of, I see why people hate our Patriots fans because I'm like you're gonna get gifted six wins a year, dog. Like that's that's gotta feel good. You, that that's gotta be an amazing feeling that I hope one day that we can we can feel. But it's never happening. Yeah, first of all, because the people, the just the team in their division are. Like legit, actually good. But yeah, it's, it's been a turnstile for quarterbacks in that division as well. While Brady's just been kicking it for man like, forever, forever. The best but, quarterback he faced in his division has been Ryan Tannehill. Oh god, I know. I would say Tyrod Taylor, but Ty- Ryan Tannehill. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> well, so my response to that, and you guys, let me know what you think. Uh, I said, are we sure about that? That offense has been a lot of dink and dunk, but that might be more of a Brady thing. Yeah. And their defense is great at bad vision. And Broken Falcons fan replied, dink and dunk sets up explosive plays. Plus, you don't want a 40-year-old quarterback throwing bombs every play. You can say he helps extend Brady's career with dink and dunks. And Matt's getting older. His arm is not as strong, so you want more quick screens. Sounds like uh, sounds very familiar that uh, what this guy wants from the Falcons. It sounds like it's uh, where have you seen that before, Jalen and Josh? Uh, Dink and Dunk uh, screens. No, oh, no, maybe from somewhere in college or something. I don't know. I it couldn't be happening at the pro level. So I don't, know. <laughs> I don't really watch much high school ball anymore. You know, after I left, so I, it has to be somewhere from there. Then you know, it can't be in the NFL. We're running a horrible version of it right now. So, I mean, but, again, just because he's doing it in New England, who's an outlier for all teams in the NFL, doesn't mean that it's going to come down here and work the same way. People have to understand that it's a lot of different variables in sports, period. And when it comes to Atlanta, stuff don't go our way for the most part. So, just because it looks good up there is not – it's not gonna be the same thing down here. Yeah, and all right. So he said that Josh McDaniels is a great offensive mind, right? That's those are the words that came out of his out of his mouth. Correct. Cool. Let's see, Josh McDaniels. Wait a second. Hold on. Didn't they just play the Jets last Monday? Well, this Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't their offense only score like two touchdowns, and their defense scored like four? That is that is correct. That's all you need to say about it. <laughs> I mean, I was against go the Jets. He got fired after two seasons, and the the offensive genius that he's being portrayed, I I didn't see it too much with uh, some of the scores of their games. So, and kind of the thing that tied with him in uh, Harbaugh 
is that they, they both kind of had, and like he has now, they kind of benefit from having great defenses as well. Yeah. And, and that's kind of my knock with the whole the whole mantra of Falcons fans wanting a offensive-minded head coach, which I understand because you don't want to waste what is left of Matt Julio's prime, the emerge from Austin Hooper, and you know the the fun piece that we have on the outside. But my thing is, there's there's three facets of the game: offense, defense, and special teams. Like that's cool, you know, if we score forty points a game, but if our defense is giving up forty-one, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? But 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 that's the thing. Not the crazy. Okay. Uh, but but that's the thing with what that's weird with our fans. They they just assume. I mean, granted, most of the money is geared towards the offense, but that shouldn't dispel that the defense shouldn't do their job. The defense should still have to be able to hold hold teams when they have to. Like just because all the money, well, most of the money is on offense, doesn't mean like we have to like create all these excuses for the defense. Like the defense, Matt hasn't had a defense for most of his career. Like. Like we have to understand, like like you said, it's three facets to to the to to the game. The defense has to do their job, regardless if most of the money's on offense or not. And people just they they always look over that notion. Yeah, and again, that could be a possibly a coaching thing, a scheme thing, a talent thing. But again, whatever coach that we do bring in for the Falcons, I I would prefer the most well-rounded, best coach. I don't care if the offensive coach, defense coach. Whoever can bring in the best staff to get the most out of all all the team, that's that's what I want. Whoever can give me the best pass rush is who I want. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. it. Because that is the one thing holding you can't have it's not possible. It's literally impossible to have a good defense without yeah. a good pass rush. Period. Yeah. It's yeah. In, it's literally impossible. This defense as it stands right now looks completely Unstoppable when they had a pass rush in that one game we won against the Eagles. It made yep. everything look so much easier. But That's what made me tweet that dumb have. thing. Oh, I think we have a, a defense now, and now I look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you thought. I don't know why you think anything good stays with uh, Georgia teams. You, you guys. Got That's a good it. point. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm. I, I have to realize that. <laughs> It took me one season to it's learn. One of those things where, again, when you're you're bringing an offense corner because, again, you want to get the most out of Julio and Matt. But again, there's there's a whole a whole staff you have to bring in. Like, and again, maybe he's learned from them, and that's one thing that could be a positive. He's learned from mistakes or probably absorbed some things from working I mean, with the organization. But yeah. bringing a lot of people to do a lot of things. You're not just managing the offense. You have to manage the entire team. And as we to see be now, fair, go ahead. To be fair, it is easier to find like a defensive coach and it's like a good offensive coach, in my opinion. Like it's good to find it's easier to find a good defensive coordinator than it is to find a very good like offensive coordinator. Well, I mean, I'm sure like even last year with um your boy that went to the uh fuck, who we who we want that ran the same style of offense, he had the heart issue. Um I'm drawing a blank. Uh, fudge sickles. Anywho, that guy. Uh, is he he's, the coach for the Texans? Ew. I don't know. The OC that we wanted to ran the same outside zone zone blocking scheme. Uh, why am I yes. So I I want if it's somebody that we want this office in mind. I want something that. Somebody that's like him that is like, yo, I I can make things work for this team. Like I I need I know I can make this work. Like somebody that is is confident they can do this and wants to do it. Like I don't want who the fans want. Like I want somebody that's like, hey, I can make this work. Right. And even if you're a defensive minded head coach, if you get the right OC that's competent, like I don't necessarily think we need like Kyle Shanahan, right? Well, we do, but that's never gonna happen. Okay, and, and that was also, again, it's not slander, but uh, any mention of Kyle Shanahan and. Anything beside an extremely positive light will be shunned by me. And I don't know. Time. No, no, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> not, we're not gonna we're never gonna have that again. Right. And that's kind of to my point with people wanting these offensive minded coach. If we've seen at the peak of the Falcons offense is Shanahan, who we're not going to get, why yeah. wouldn't you want a staff that is more balanced in all three facets? So let's say we only score twenty eight points a game, we can hold teams to twenty. That 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 works. When's the last time we ran back a punt? 
When was the last time we ran back a kickoff? When was the last time we blocked the punt? You know what I'm saying? Like, that stuff matters, and that stuff helps, yeah. and we don't have that. Yeah. We don't have it for whatever reason. I mean, special That's teams fine. around the league sucks, unless you're Kansas City and, like, the Bears because they have no, a quarter, no, quarter of Patterson. No. Uh, well, well. Yes, because they're literally phasing well, out that that uh, part of the game. No, no, people I, say it's I, too I, dangerous. You know, I was going to say you're correct, too, but I was going to add another thing. Even though we, we hate them and I really despise the team, but New Orleans, they, they just get them. lucky as shit. Hell, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm not even going to cap. Like, they'll have somebody slip at the most inopportune time. They might have get blocked in the back and they don't get called. It's just random shit, bro. Like, I've, like I've watched a lot of their games because they're on, like, primetime a lot. But right. literally, they're not even doing anything like a lot of teams don't do. It's just random lucky shit. But I guess right, if you but, do lucky shit often, then I guess it's not lucky anymore. But yeah, because they they blocked the punt uh, against the Bears, and then they ran one. They ran another punt return that they got called. They got negated. But the the same dude had a uh, a, a punt return against Seattle. And that's why they're they're uh, that offense in that game too. So like today, like you said, it's it's three phases to the game, and all them whole are equally important. And people, for some reason down here, our fans, they don't take into account those. They just think the offense is the end-all, be-all, and that's it. Yeah, I don't even know if it's that anymore. I think people just realize that our defense fucking sucks and they're putting more hope into the, the people to get paid 80% of the cap. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to King Quest in the chat, as always. Uh, definitely, uh, we're, we're trying to get the other page link to this so you can subscribe to the page and then it'll pop up when we go live but as for now just uh, subscribe to the committee podcast page and we'll get it figured out but he was saying that Deion Sanders was like the last punt and kickoff returns to the Falcons actually it was probably Eric Weems if I'm no. not no I'm sorry Hester 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 before that yeah it was uh we had a long Devin round, and then it was Devin Hester but I'm pretty I mean, sure like, somebody did one before too, but I don't. I don't think you they get like a touchdown for it. But. Yeah, I mean, but that that matters. Like, can can we get some of that? Please, it helps. I don't it think helps. it's like the end all be all or anything. Like, I'm again, not like it is, but it helps. Yeah, you know? like it's it, it's I nice mean, to say, damn, hey, you know what? Maybe we can block this punt or you know have some better coverage or actually get a decent return or don't return the ball if you know you're not going nowhere. Like, dog, you can get up twenty five. Like, the field position on offense is just disgusting. I'm like, bro, what are we doing, dog? Like, yep. why are we always so far back all the time, man? Like, yep. <sighs> I'd have yeah. faith if we were far back if we had a good offensive coordinator, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't, you don't always want your team to always have to drive. I don't think – I don't think – I'm just saying I'd feel, like, more comfortable if I knew that we could, you know, start at the, the 15 or the 10 and we'll actually get at least one clock off the field and, like, get – 80 yard or something but like yeah. we'll start at the 10 and then the drive will end at the 25 like <laughs> <laughs> oh man i know uh that clip surfaced or resurfaced because it was like two year anniversary of us beating the brakes off the packers man man every time i watch that game <laughs> I cry. That offense was that team that team like that game was just so beautiful all and like all overall. Oh man. I, I did. Just to see in and again, like I before last week or two weeks ago, I'm starting to understand the value of a of great OC or competent OCing versus what we have here. Cause like it everybody just looks so more so much more confident. Like Matt's I mean, getting the ball out. Guys are breaking log runs. Guys are making catches. Guys are making plays. Now it's just like guys are just out here. Like just out <laughs> hey, here. We here. I'm, I'm capping the catch of the check. You dig? Just it, kicking it, it, it like bro. It's the, it's that, and then then the personnel too. Because like I, I know what you're, the video video that you're referring to, someone called it. They was like, uh, we went from this to one and six, and I'm like. Yeah. Yeah, but you also have to look at the O line. We have two people on that same O line that's still playing. The other three are out of the NFL now, so you still have to have that um, that 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 good O line, like that you have year after year after year. I wouldn't even say that O line was actually good, though. To be honest, they gave up a ton of sacks and uh, like pressures. They just were able to negate it with big plays a lot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
and that's more yeah, right. on the OC than it is uh, the offensive line. Like that line, realistically, like if they played today and they were still like at that uh, P that they were in at the time, then they they get smacked still. You just you know it would just look a lot worse. Yeah, no, you, can't, also, you can't look. Yeah, that line also like they they had the same group play every single game, like with no injuries. So yeah, that, they got really really lucky there. there. So yeah, right. Yeah, we was the only team that that particular year that did that too. But like you said, that that was luck because as you can see now, we like on our third offensive guard. We wouldn't have to be on our third offensive guard if they let the best one play. Are you talking about uh, Gano? No, he's a tackle. I think he's a tackle. I think they should definitely keep playing West Weiser because he's the best guard they have now until Lindstrom comes back. But West is only good at run blocking. He, he, no, he, he's a good pass blocker. Don't don't sleep, yeah. y'all he y'all or, y'all yeah. y'all will y'all are talking about like you literally like three players against the three best defensive tackles in the league. He got beasted by Indomitian Sue, but so does everybody else. He got yeah, beasted yeah. by Fletcher Cox. Everybody yeah. else does, and he got completely demolished by Aaron Donald. And he, actually, in the game that we just played against the Rams. He didn't even do that bad against Aaron Donald. He got beat twice out of like fifteen snaps. <laughs> no, no, no. I would give you that, but I, I he's 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 okay. And he's a rookie. He's a rookie as well. He is a rookie. Let's not forget that. Too. No, I'm talking no. about Wes Schweitzer. and I. Wes, Wes. Oh, no. Caleb McGarry. Caleb McGarry has been getting his ass beat for the last four weeks, but. <laughs> but that the, the, so they we just had Hooper or Stock over there to help him throughout the game. Instead of let him to let him get one on one for the entire game, like that, that was just pure, pure dumb to 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 let that happen. That's interesting. Uh, so another interesting thing I saw with Daddy Ice, Daddy Ice too. He tweeted, and I'm asking this because I I feel like this is also as the young folks say, uh, cap. He said, since I'm being honest. Referring to the one six season, this hurts more than losing the Super Bowl. At least I had hope then that we're on the right trajectory. We aren't. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. Oh, brother, I, mean, I can't rock with that. Yeah, so that take is. I don't uh, care I, about that Super Bowl because I'm a an alien from a different planet or some shit. But like, <laughs> at least at least those teams were like. Fun to look at. I don't care anything. This doesn't even hurt me. I like. I just know they were. I knew they were gonna be trash when, again, when they started doing those bullshit moves in all season. Like, they were obviously scared for their entire. They're fighting for their fucking lives. Work to R. Kelly, <laughs> but Less and, and they literally got literally getting beat the fuck up right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's another uh, another hot take from uh, Carlton Sloping Giraffe. He said, "I really oh, he blocked me before, and that was funny." I have questions about this Carlton guy, but that that's for another day. But he said, "I really don't give a shit about the compensation. Trading away a guy that deserved to retire with the organization is a big old L." He, he, he said, to- "Yeah, he he was saying that out of out of frustration, but he he knew that it was a good." A good uh, trade for both parties. I can't, but why even put that out there? Like, first of all, like, <laughs> oh, best believe I got my my mentions were on fire when I told people to get out their feelings about losing Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> just, just somebody somebody told me that I was an asshole because I was I was telling people how to feel about a player, and I was like, I'm just telling you that he probably don't know you exist, and you got a second round pick for him. Relax. Right. Exactly. Like it, it is what it is. Just because he has a perfect quarterback rating and he liked to do dances and had Dragon Ball Z cleats doesn't mean he deserved to retire with the Falcons. Like, let's not get it twisted. We're not talking about like Julio Jones or Matt Ryan. Like, those cats <laughs> deserve to retire as Falcons. And again, right. I'm not hating off new snooze cool shout to South Jersey. I, I want a snooze sign football that I that I cherish as a Falcons a supporter. But I mean, again, it's business. Like, we got a second round for the guy. I'm not exactly. I'm not. I'm not tripping. We, he's not some uh, like generational talent. Like, come <laughs> on, bro. He's a. He was our third, probably fourth best receiver. Who was a possession receiver. He just did cool shit and was a fan favorite. That's why everybody's in their feelings about him. Relax. That's it. Yeah. 
I don't understand yeah. if he was like if he was like a twenty four year old like stud waiting in the wings for Julio to retire or something. But no, bro, he's about to be like thirty one in like a couple months. Like you got a second yeah. round pick that could literally change your entire team if you hit on him. Yeah. Why are people yeah. that mad? Well, because it gets retweets and likes. Like I, I literally see the same like tweet retweeted a thousand times. Like, oh, this is the one that kills me. Matt Ryan doesn't deserve this. I'm like, bro, I, yeah, I get it, but why do you? Why do we all have to say the same things? Like, oh, people are hating on Matt Ryan. They're gonna be sad when he leaves. That that's that is a no. I see that, that tweet every be, other day, and I guess who retweets it every time? It doesn't need to be said. Dog. We understand this. Like, who, who's a Falcons fan that doesn't understand that Matt Ryan doesn't deserve to get beaten to the ground every game? It's or, a it's a lot, man. It's, I'm, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's a lot of uh, a lot of people that that don't appreciate that guy. I, I for for what reason I don't I don't understand. Um, but it's not the, for my reasons, but but it's, yeah, cornball shit. All the goofy yeah. shit now, but but the the tweet that he was saying, you know, regarding new and him, you know, being dealt, and that you know. Fans are mad about that. Josh tweeted out, "He, I may be in the minority, but you don't blow up a top-heavy team like ours. You tweak it with some uncomfortable moves." And hmm, my thought process on that is like, again, I think that, and I think Marcus might have made this point, is that like with teams like uh, organizations like the Patriots, like they don't really, outside of like, like Brady and Gronk. They've only really kept like five players. Yeah, there's they've really kept like Tom Gronk, Devin McCourty, uh, and then like awesome. a random, and then like a random like offensive line or defensive lineman here and there, um, like Patrick Slater. Chung. Slater too. That uh, that special team guru, um, number eighteen. Yeah. Uh, well, he's white so, and runs decent runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he, no, he's black. He's a black guy. Mm. Well, then, yeah, they'll keep. Well, they'll, well, then they'll keep like a couple of core players. Like they don't really keep a bunch of people. They don't really pay people either. The thing, they like, paid. Um, well, that's, they kind of changing that narrative too because they they pay Yimmer a grip. I think that's more because this this dude Belichick is probably on his last leg. He's like, I don't want to be here no more. I've won enough. <laughs> I think they just they just they just they just uh, calling it in, being like, "All right, if, uh, if this don't work, then y'all got it. Have fun." Yeah. So, and, and that's one of the things. Like, I guess what the I think the Falcons should try to do in the future, and what we just saw with Snoop being dealt, and hopefully we see that with more folks is making uncomfortable moves, right? It. I mean, again, like when I just thought of make the team good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I'm. What I. But then again, the Patriots haven't really had any like turnover too like too much turnover in their like time like they've literally been con- like had consistent staff for the last like 10 years right. so yeah. they like yeah. they can literally just move on from players and replace them because you know the people even the people behind them literally already know what to do because they've been there for so long you can't do that with like the falcons because one even if you hit on the draft picks and you change people every time other people are going to want to do something different and you're just messing people up you have to have some kind of consistency. Yeah, comedy is key. And what I would say is, like, as far as uncomfortable moves, I know the name that uh, I don't know if it's legit, but Freeman's names have floated out there. And if you know me, I'm a huge Devontae Freeman fan. Thanks. But I am a bigger supporter of the success of the team. And if he's got to go and somebody takes him, get him out of here. Thanks. Get, get him out of here. Like, running back is diamond dozen, dog. Like, we can look through the draft and see all these guys that are. Like shit, even himself, he was a what fourth rounder, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was actually the best running back in that draft. Shit, he's probably the last great Florida State running back that they had for a long time. Dalvin Cook. After... Yeah, ah, fuck yeah. Well, he was the start. <laughs> Dalvin came afterwards, so before that, okay. he was like yeah. Greg Jones, Leon Washington. Hey, ah, they misused him in Jacksonville. That was in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of a drought, and then he came out and kind of put Florida State on the mount. Shout out, shout out to the, the GOAT Florida State running back, work done, former Atlanta Falcon, probably one of my favorite players in NFL history. Um, but, but yeah, if he's got to go, man, like, I'm, I have no emotional towards that dude. Like, I love free, hashtag eat free, but, man, if we can get something for him to make this team better and successful, 
get his ass out of here, dog. That's how I feel for like ninety-five percent of the roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can give me some kind of value for, especially for all these people that's not about to be here in like a year or two, then please do. Like, yeah. if you're planning on cutting Freeman, if you're planning on cutting, I don't think they're gonna cut Trufant, but if you're planning on cutting like all these people, then at least try to get some value for them. Somebody wants them. Yeah, that, that's facts. I mean, shoot, Miami's trying to rebuild. I mean, send them back to that's a home. Send them back home to the South oh, Florida. Okay, sure. yeah, anybody that, but that, anybody but Miami. I don't I don't wish that on anybody. That's what I heard. I heard Miami. They. I mean, but he's from there. Right. I don't even know. I don't even know if that would like really work. I, send them to Tampa Bay. It would But because they, no. they, Miami already has like two actually good backs. <laughs> King and Drake and. Their backup that I don't remember the name of it, but he he was really good. So, hey man, it's twenty nineteen. We don't need no. Everything else about their team is complete trash, but they have at least like a a couple of good backs, and running backs are easy to find anyway. So, (laughs) yeah, and and that's another thing. Like, uh, just a real quick before we get off that is everybody's uh, kind of getting they were getting mad because we drafted a Quadri Olsen and we haven't been using him. But they they're they're saying in the sense that like he would be this huge difference. Mm. Nah, man. I don't know. Again, we 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 need to get away. And like the smarter people say, like we need to get away. Shout to Aaron Freeman from being a uh, a run first team. Hashtag established run. We need to embrace the finesse. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's cool that we have a, a bigger goal. But that in the grand scheme of things, I don't think is what is going to be the Lynchpins are hard to success. Makes I mean, sense. It'd be cool to actually draft, but I mean, whatever. But uh, Tack McKinley, I, oh, I brother, <laughs> he said Tack gotta go. I, I haven't seen too much of it on the timeline. I, I I just missed that wave, but apparently he uh, is indicating or trolling that he does not want to be with the Falcons anymore. What what's going on with that? I, I missed that that whole that whole wave. I don't know if it's like exactly him saying that he doesn't want to be here anymore or anything, but he, like, like I saw uh, Charles, Charles, shout out to Four Verts, but he said that he did the same thing, last, like, I think last year or whatever, when Michael Bennett got traded, where he got like really mad. Because I guess he just really wants Michael Bennett on the team or whatever, which is, which is understandable. But he's been like liking tweets talking about he, like, they should. Tax should be traded to Carolina. He can like like and tweet that tax should be traded everywhere else. Like, yeah, I don't know what is wrong with him, but it just seems like he doesn't want to be around here anymore, which is completely understandable. I wouldn't want to be around a one in 17 team, too. But come on, man, at least just, just, just give it some time. And if he, and I say, I would not be surprised if in the next like couple years he either gets traded or asks for his release. Like, it would not surprise me one single single. Bit. Well, I would hope a new regime change can maybe get the most out of him. Like where initially, like when Anik uh, was able to get something out of Hageman for a little while during that Super Bowl season. You know what I'm saying? Like I hope that we could get somebody that can maybe light a fire on him because again, if we have these pieces that are being underused, not reaching their potential for whatever reason, I would hope. That is seven. Instead of having to scrap the whole thing, that we can just, hey, you know, I, I, I trust in your talent. I believe in you as a player. But I think if we do X, Y, and Z, maybe do some scheme changes, maybe change your regime, your your workout program, or some something like that, we get something out of you. Hold on one second. Oh, back to the trap. Yeah. But you think Tank won't be here? I have, man. If you ask me about anything about this team, I my answer is gonna be the same for the next I like five months. I have no idea. It literally depends on what either the next coach does or what the next defensive coordinator does. So, like, no idea. I I literally don't know because we could find somebody who like doesn't like tax play style at all. Tech sometimes get extremely, extremely undisciplined and, and run yeah. fits, and it'll yeah. mess up an entire play. But he can also get you a clean, like, three or four pressures a game, and which will lead to sacks elsewhere. So it 
it just really depends. I don't like I, I said this uh, I think a couple years ago. I don't think Tax is ever going to be like a number one pass rusher. I don't think that's possible. But the way you know his lack, he doesn't have good bend. He's literally just a power rusher. Only time he ever beats somebody by speed is if they overset or underset. So you kind of have to have. He doesn't have any moves either besides a bull rush. People always killing Vic for just having a speed rush. Tack does nothing else besides a bull rush every time. Hey man, they turned that man quick, man. Like for a while, it was just Vic, Vic, Vic. Now they, they, people like get him out of here. So, I mean, yeah, they're they're both in the same boat at this point, in my opinion. But I think, I think we're kind of a little more lenient on Tack because he doesn't make thirteen mil as opposed to. You want to hear the crazy part? If Tack made an All Pro and a Pro Bowl, he would absolutely be making at least eleven mil a year. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying, like, currently that's not the case. So that's why I guess we kind of give Tack a little. But that's kind of that, like what we were talking about last week. That's really stupid. They're under the same exact circumstances. I think Vic had more sacks than Tack in the, at this point in their career than everybody's just shitting on Vic. <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I know I I didn't watch the game live. I watched it afterwards, but I as soon as I saw that play that uh, Vic Beasley quote unquote gave up a touchdown on, I knew he would get flamed. But yo, Vic had great coverage. It was that was a great coverage. Perfect pass, the perfect catch. Like they're professionals too, guys. Like there ain't nothing you can do about that dog. Like they get paid to make those plays. Vic Beasley like, in coverage. Even though he had good coverage, but Vic Beasley coverage, like, come on, bruh. That's why I've been saying he should have been a linebacker. The Falcon, the Atlanta Falcons regime failed Vic Beasley more than Vic Beasley failed them, in my opinion. So what's the uh, – so maybe, maybe just maybe, and this is a pipe dream, a crack pipe dream, but maybe, like I said with the offense, maybe there's somebody out here – that has a staff member that can say, hey, I see what you just said, that we let him down, but somebody that can come in and actually get the most out of him. Maybe not for 13 mil, but hey, maybe we'll keep you around because apparently nobody else wants you, you know what I'm saying, and uh, get the most out of you while we got you. Like Maybe that's a possibility. I don't think so, but uh, just going through looking at this draft real quick that Tech was in, who uh, I guess the next best player for what we needed probably would have been what TJ Watt, maybe they yeah, mm. he went in the second round, I think. TJ uh, Watt is good though, he was the yep. 30th pick, he got drafted. Oh, four. yeah, he would have he would have been great. He he was he fit everything. I just they I think they just like tax uh mo- motor quote unquote better, but he would have been great. He's very good, hmm, yeah. I mean, again, and like we just said earlier, high size twenty twenty. You can you can never know these things, but <sighs> you know, hopefully. Uh, like I said, the draft is a fucking crapshoot. Like, yeah, and again, there's other factors. To, you know, the organization you go to can de- determine kind of how your career plays out as well, unless you're just like a world class freak athlete that's just dominating from the jump. But you know, a lot of these guys need to be developed as well. So, I mean. Yeah, so there's a big difference from high school to college, from college to the pros. And if you don't have people to, again, like, I, I don't want to keep, like, saying, but, like, one of the things that I, I've always, like, hated on the, even though I was, like, advoc- advocating advocating for it a couple of years ago, is they changed so many, like, defensive line coaches. I think they've had, they've, had, they've changed, I think, one position every year. They've changed defensive coordinator every year but one. They've changed. Defensive line coach every year but one. They've changed like the assistant personnel to the defensive coordinator like every year. Like at that point, like what if like what 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 are people learning? Like you, you can't just like tell me how to do one thing and then the next person comes in the next year and say, oh yeah, you're doing that completely wrong. Do this this way. Like at that point, I'm just gonna be like, I'm not doing any of this. I'm literally just gonna do what I've been doing this entire time. Like, cause I don't know which way is right. I could be doing something completely wrong. Yeah, this is weird. Continuity, Continuity definitely helps. That's why whoever is next, I want the right person, not just for the next five years, but for the next 
15 years, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. give us that stability with whatever incarnation of the Falcons we're going to have after Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Let's, let's be real. Uh, Falcons fans, Falcons supporters out there, the likelihood that that ever happens again is slim to none. We get two arguably Hall of Fame players on the offensive side at the same time ever again. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not even arguably. They're both Hall of Fame players. Facts. What, what I think mean, you might get you might not get like playmakers like that. You might get a you might get you might get like a Hall of Fame like right guard, and then, okay, <laughs> and then okay. you might get like a Hall of Fame like fullback or some stupid shit like that. But I don't think you'll ever in like the next like twenty years yeah. you'll never. Well, one, I don't think football will be around in twenty years, but you'll yeah. never get like a Hall of Fame quarterback in their prime with a Hall of Fame wide receiver in their prime at the same time. I don't think that's going to happen for a very long time. Yeah, and and that's kind of my. My counter argument to just this offensive minded guys, like the guys, like, yeah. And again, I get for the short run, but us looking, being short sighted is what has kind of got us into the issues that we have now, like not looking past one or two seasons. You know what I'm saying? It kind of influences the decisions you make or whatever to, to, to build around the team and, you know, make us a viable threat to, you know, be competitive in the playoffs for years to come instead of like small pockets. You know what I'm saying? And the other argument I had for not doing retreads, like with the Josh McDaniels or a Jim Harbaugh, is to temper the fans' expectations. Because, again, if we get a guy like Josh McDaniels, for example, like I was saying on Twitter, is that people are going to automatically assume that he's going to bring whatever juice they had in New England and then we'll be a 12-4 team immediately just because he's this offensive genius. It's like, eh, I mean, that sounds cool, but the likelihood that that's going to happen – not very high. And then that's when Falcons fans get angry and start DM players and threatening people's lives because you have these expectations that are not within the realms of reality, if that makes sense. If you get a guy that's, you know, up and comer, fans will kind of chill out. And then, you know, anything better than what you expected is icing on the cake. But that's that's kind of my, my take. Right, on you, you, we are, you have Atlanta fans. They don't chill out about nothing. That man don't come in here dropping 35 <laughs> points a game immediately. But he he getting ran out the building. And that's so unfair. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, but, but, yeah because it, basically the masses have Shanahan as the standard. If, if the guys after him can't meet that standard, then they have a problem with it. And... I mean, that's just unrealistic expectation. Right. Nobody will ever be able to, like, in this era, I don't think you'll ever see somebody replicate that again. Exactly. Because like, that's our telling everybody else. That was the seventh best offensive NFL history. You will never see that in your lifetime ever again. And that's okay. We just need a team that's going to give us, where offense that's going to give us 21, 28 points a game. And that's it. And a defense that can get a couple stops here and there, maybe get a pick, knock down some passes, get a get a sack. Can we get a sack? Can we get a sack? On I, I, I I think I think it's gonna happen just because Russell Wilson is prone to taking like terrible bad sacks. But I so want them to not get a sack until like week twelve, just to see the the world burn. That'll be so great. Well, we're about to break a record if you don't. Um, exactly. Don't That's why I wanted to extend. If you won't be the best, baby, be the best in the worst way. <laughs> so now that you break bring that up to, to close out the podcast, uh, what what are y'all guys' thoughts? Something's gonna happen with the Seahawks. Some sick poetic justice. If the Seahawks were the team that gets Dan Quinn fired, <laughs> like, hey, bro, I know you know the oh shit. Well, I mean, you know the area back there, so I mean, there's probably a couple extra seats on the plane. You know, you know some people <laughs> over there. Just go ahead and. Uh, I'll just ride out back with them guys. Somebody's got some sky miles they can hook you up, but that would be very sad that, like, you know, this is the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, like, full circle. Like, they got you the job and they lost you the job. So, obviously, I think we're going to lose. So, um, that's. I think they're going to get absolutely thrashed, and I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we, we may lose, like, 42 with, like, three or something. They're not putting 42 on there because Pete Carroll's a coward. <laughs> What they'll go up, they'll go up like twenty one to three and then start trying to run the ball <laughs> and then I mean, then the game will go to like twenty one to eighteen and then he'll magically think hey you know what I should do use my MVP quarterback and throw the fucking ball again P 
Pete Carroll's a terrible coach. I'm I'm gonna keep I'm gonna just keep that a stack. Oh, well, he he has them still in contention this year and and last year. I mean, he he's doing something decent up there. Does the describe contention? Because they have not had a realistic chance to win any of those seasons. Their only chance of them winning those seasons has been Russell Wilson. And if he has any what of a bad game, they are losing that game. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, and that's just facts. Yeah. <laughs> if Russell Wilson literally, literally, you know, has a game where he goes twenty of twenty-eight for two hundred yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, they lose that game by at least fourteen points. Hmm. Well, uh, he's facing Isaiah Oliver's. Let's. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's having four hundred yards on the day. Shout out to DK Metcalf on my fantasy team. Um, He's not going to do shit. He's not going to do shit. He he may bully Oliver. I don't know. Oliver Oliver is is good against big, big people. That's what what they're No, he he actually is. But DK Metcalf isn't like – Oliver struggled with like shifty players, and DK Metcalf is not really shifty. He's just really fucking big and really fucking fast. Yeah, but again, there's only so much time you can cover – you know, wide receiver. Yeah, there's gonna but be. I'm saying if Oliver gets beat off the off the snap, man. It's, it's a wrap. But at least he'll have a chance against Metcalf. There's gonna be at least three plays where the play. Oh, absolutely. Run and back. I'm expecting a touchdown every single time. He's going to buy Oliver at least <laughs> for no reason. Like, well, guys, the the chase for Chase continues. Uh, Wait, I have a question. I have a question. Who do we think is traded next? If at all, I was gonna say, I I, I don't it know. May, it may be it actually may be there. I think it may be there. I don't know. I think the narrative is like to the point where they're like trashing him. Like the the major media outlets are like, oh, you know, nobody should, nobody wants to know value for Vic or whatever. And then yeah. That's that's not good. Somebody was saying Vic should just retire on Twitter. I'm like, dog. Yeah, I that's, yeah, that's not gonna happen. That's wild. People be wild. Maybe maybe they'll maybe somebody will lowball the Falcons. Like I'm curious what they want for him. Cause you know, you don't wanna you don't wanna sell yourself short. Like, let's say Vic is really worth a six. You're not gonna be like, Yeah, man, we'll give him away for a six. You're gonna try to get all everything you can for him. Like you always wanna kinda Screw the other person over in a deal to try to win it. Easy bargaining. The easy bargaining tool is to go extremely high. Like, let's say I want a second round pick for him. And then they'll say, absolutely fucking not. I'll give you an eighth. And you'd be like, how about I give a fifth and we call it even? And they'll be like, ah, six. You'd be like, how about a swap right? And they'll be like, okay, we'll do that for a fifth. And and then they'll add protections to it and then like conditions and like for like best case scenario, you'll get like a fourth round pick at the end of the draft or some shit. Yeah, that's so what I, they should be doing. But if they if the, somebody is like, I'll give you a six, and if you don't accept that, then I'm hanging up. Then I would be like, Yeah, I might want to just keep him at that point. But at that point, because so, then you just like, I don't have another player to give the spot to at this point. So you know, might as well just keep him. Well, low key, low key, low key, because of the fact of where the season's going and that it's not really benefiting us too much to make. You know, to win more games and honestly be competitive, unfortunately. And I, I believe due to the contract, again, I'm not a capologist. I, I don't know the numbers like that. If you want that, go to your boy Aaron Freeman at Lockdown Fox Podcast. Uh, I'd be surprised if somehow in the middle of the night that uh, they fall out of here. Who? For, for something, because that, that's probably the true fun. Uh, one, I don't, one, I don't think that happened unless you're getting like, an early first round pick because he has like twenty million dollars in dead cap yeah. next year. Yeah, it's it's a stupid amount. The, uh, like I tell everyone else, True Fight's gonna be here for at least another year, and then after yeah, after after, after this year, year, you could trade him and you'll be fine because he only yeah. has like six okay. million yeah, after that. I, I don't but shit works. But okay, never mind then. So, the only people who really who who really benefit from getting traded right now. It's Vic because he won't have anything on the cap beside like if we decide to pay his salary, and Devontae has like six million in dead cap this year and like three million next year. So, is oh, those are the only two people who are like really like eligible eligible to be traded. But 
anybody else that's like on like a one-year deal or something, if you want to recount like value for him, then all of them are valuable and you won't really lose much. All righty. Well, uh, shout out to Jeff Queen. She's uh, moving. That's why she's not on here. But uh, appreciate y'all checking us out. Uh, again, this is Derek Burnish Report, the unofficial official podcast about Twitter. Definitely retweet, share with your friends, drop a comment on SoundCloud, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. You can at me at SBE Report 706, Jalen at Jalen Muhammad 123. No, no it's just Jalen And Josh, what is yours? Candy Corn Fiend 69. <laughs> It's, it's, it's Relax, only one, man. <laughs> only one JJ22. <laughs> Facts. Yep, that's that's all we got. We out. Peace. See you.